Have you ever met one of those people who just can't be stopped? It's like they're unstoppable. Yeah, I have. Me too. What's their mystique? Nothing stops these people. Welcome to Mission Unstoppable with Coach Frankie Picasso. You're about to meet some of the most amazing people. They've accomplished their goals despite insurmountable odds. They beat adversity, physical hardship, and traumatic events, and emerged triumphantly. They're people just like you and me, and they're winners. Are you unstoppable? Here's Frankie to show you how. Here and welcome to another Mission Unstoppable. I am so excited today. I have the best guest in the world. He is a singer, songwriter, song stylist, voice actor, author, dancer, and much, much more. He is said to have one of the dreamiest voices in music. He's a winner of a Mac Award, which is Best Male Vocalist, as well as a Tour Award, which is an actor in a musical venue. But it's his first book, Made by Rafi, and I hope that you can see this, that caught my attention. I'll put it up again. And his name is Craig Pomerantz. And I found him on Twitter, I think. As you all know, I love anything that allows for diversity to thrive. I can't imagine having to go through my life hiding the real me or having you hide the real you. Although we all know that thousands do. But why do we have to be such conformists? Why can't we appreciate all the colors instead of just the seven colors that always define a rainbow? I mean, who are we to judge others for their uniqueness? Well, Craig Pomerantz has written a beautiful book for kids. It is titled Made by Raffi. And instead of me telling you about this book, let's meet the talent behind the story, Craig Pomerantz. Hello and welcome to Mission Unstoppable. Hi, nice to be here. Thank you. I'm going to hold it up one more time because I don't know if I can. But Made by Raffi, it is beautiful. And, And we should say that the illustrations are by Margaret Chamberlain. Yeah, she's a very, very famous illustrator in the UK. In the UK. And wait, this one page I love here. I want to just, yeah. And these are, these are all like the wonderful garments that he made. <laughs> he did such a great job on that. So, I mean, you're this voice talent. You're, you know, you've been in commercials and modeling and all of this stuff. And all of a sudden you go, I'm going to write this book made by Rafi. Where, where did it come from? I, I didn't all of a sudden say I was going to write this book, and that's what's interesting. I've written all my life sporadically, but um, I never thought of myself like having the discipline because to be a writer, God, that's a t- yeah, you need the discipline to do it. But um, it was an actual incident with my godson, and uh, it just resonated so much to me about the world we live in. And, and I'll tell you actually really quickly. I'll try and tell you. I'll try to talk quickly. We got an hour. Right, okay. <laughs> so, no, but seriously, he, um, he, he was a little challenged and he um, would go to the school. He, won, he was feeling uncomfortable at school one day and everyone old? asked him what was wrong with it. Well, wrong. And he said, you know, the kids at school, and he was about nine years old. Okay. And the kids, they say, dude, and they, they do sports and they're really noisy. Um, and then he said, he paused and he said, is there such a thing as a Tom girl? And that word just like, it hit me because, you know, Tom boy is now kind of a good thing, right? Oh, she's aggressive. She's assertive. She can do. And the Tom girl immediately had this negative connotation. And, um, and I don't know why. And then it, the whole thing reminded me of why is, why is feminine ever a bad thing or a negative thing? And with all the talk about toxic masculinity and and, and it all resonated. And I, I literally, I went home and I wrote the book where he, he was so anxious. I gave him, uh, I wanted to give him dance lessons actually. Nice. Uh, that didn't happen. So um, I gave him uh, knitting needles and yarn and he had an hour long bus ride to school um, in Manhattan to Queens and he knitted all the way and he just kept knitting and knitting and the kids started thinking that's like a whatever quote unquote girly thing to do. Yeah. And he was teased a bit and but um, he just kept knitting and we all supported him and beautiful things and all the kids all of a sudden completely turned around they're like well you're going to make me something you know and he became, so he became a hero to them so it was a, it's based on an actual story and i um I love that. and i just wrote it immediately and um but the message was so important because I, I, never, so I actually wanted to call it tom girl uh, that would have been great. Thought it was too controversial. Really? The publishers thought it was too controversial to call something, which I, I thought, well, isn't that a good thing? <laughs> it's a great, you know, and I've never heard Tom Girl before until I read this. And, and what and broke my heart boy. I mean, it was like, uh, Mom, am I weird? Like, just yeah. breaks your heart to hear that. Am I strange? Yeah. Am I weird? Am I different? Like, 
it's one thing if you come up with it and go, you know what, I'm different. Yeah. <laughs> am, I, am I so different that I'm too strange for the world or, or whatever, right? Like it just breaks your heart, really. Yeah. Like my, I got three-year-old grandsons who are starting ballet. They just started. I love their that. Like, their mom's like, yeah, whatever, right? I mean, do whatever, whatever you love. Yeah, but it's a different it's a different time and and with all the good things that are about the different time come the other learning curve of the bad things yeah but, um and uh but yeah because i all i ever wanted to do when i was a kid was take dance lessons and you know it's sort of like you know jewish boys don't dance um <laughs> which is my dad, my dad was one of the great dancers so my dad and my mom were the my dad's great. a great dancer everybody wants to dance with my dad and he's 94 yeah. years old yeah they all love dancing with him yeah so you know what? so much with me and and i just and it reminded me just of, of my history because, you know, I started working as an actor and uh, voiceover person at a really young age. I mean, my first professional job was when I was 11. And so all the kids thought it was weird, you know, so it was. They thought that I, was weird. They weren't like, Oh my God, how cool are you? Well, at the time and when it started, it was weird. But then the, when I st- they started seeing me like on stage, they were like, Oh, okay. Yeah. You know, okay, you well, let's just say that, that you started your, your life, you lived in St. Louis and yes. you took these acting lessons, I believe in a bowling alley. In the basement, in the you, basement you, of a bowling alley. Yes, <laughs> yes. The basement of a bowling alley. Well, I was, what, what will make people laugh who know me is I was such an extraordinarily shy kid. Oh my God. And uh, my parents were like, how can we help him not be so shy? And I didn't really do things with my older brothers. And then in school, we had music in school, which I don't think they do as much anymore. No. So, um, and I started singing and um, I really could sing even at a really young age. And so they, uh, I just started, they thought, well, maybe this will help him by like, give me classes Did they think and you'd be a cantor or anything? Did they think Everyone that? wanted me to be a cantor. Yeah. My my I have probably the longest bar mitzvah of ever. <laughs> I, I did four half Torah readings. It was like it was forever. It went on forever. And then you did a little dance in between. <laughs> they were mad at me because I was enjoying myself too much. Oh my I, god. I, my, the, our cantor came, I was walking around with the Torah and our cantor came You're up like, to me. I'm like, on stage. This now. is a serious occasion. And I'm like, a bar mitzvah, what are you talking about? Anyway, that's hilarious oh my god i love that what that a great story so were you, you're now you said you're orthodox so you're, you were kosher at home like everything was um, real? until around i'm saying until around actually after my bar mitzvah i think that there was some sort of family issue uh and my mom said okay we're not gonna so we stopped we didn't keep kosher we had we had separate uh yeah dishes, dishes but we didn't keep kosher after and that, you, so. you were allowed to use lights during the weekend and drive a car and all that stuff did you do that or no. did you yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, you did all that. Okay, so you're more confirmed, you're like a conservative. <laughs> you a conservative. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Okay, so that's really cool. Now, what about siblings? Did you have siblings? That Three older brothers. Three, Three older, older brothers. brothers. Yeah, yeah. Now, what were they like? Were they like football types or were they? They were very interested in sports and, and – uh, um, you know, and my parents, the great thing about my, my parents was that they always said, you know, you're four completely different boys, you know, yeah. um, but being the baby of four boys in the, it was not fun. It was not easy, you know, and they, I think it's at some point because I was away so much because I was working all the time. I think there was, there was later on, my brother, one of my brothers said to me, he felt like I deserted the family. I was like, because I was working, I was like, I thought I was helping and doing things, but they, so, you know, all those sort of family issues that you come up with later in life, which actually the fact that he was able to say that to me, I, I really loved that yeah. he was able to open up yeah. there because that was not how we he felt something. Yeah. yeah. Which yeah. is kind of cool. Something. Yeah. Exactly. You know, I remember my son wanting, like I was knitting when they were young and, and he must've been maybe five or six, maybe five. And he said, Oh, can I try that? And I go, sure. And he enjoyed it for a little while. He really, he really liked it. And I think boys do like stuff that, you know, if you let them try it, they like it. You know? Yeah. Well, that's the whole thing is we're, we're so stuck on that. What's interesting is seeing all these new advertising and stuff because we're, we're so stuck on the limitations of stereotypes and it's, it's uh and even still, even though it's, it's changing a lot, but there's, and, but there's a very big difference between encouraging something and allowing something to happen. I mean, I think that if you naturally go towards something, that's great. You should experience it yeah. and tired of it and put it away. But, uh, and then to keep people from doing things. I like, uh, it was, it's interesting because, um, I ran into Gloria Steinem actually <laughs> the other day. Um, the other day? And, um oh. I've met her several times and she's a, a great heroine of mine. And, uh, she had always said, and I'll paraphrase that, uh, we have learned to, uh, 
we have learned to teach our girls how to be more like boys, but very few people have learned to teach their boys to be more like girls. And it's, it, it's really fascinating because again, it's that idea of like, is feminine bad? <laughs> is it, I don't, why is it bad? Well, it's really, I mean, it because why is it weaker? It, why is it less? It's none of those things. No, because right? women are very strong. Women yeah, are well, really strong. Like, I know. Yeah. You can give birth. You're strong. You can very funny ways of expressing that I don't think we can do on your particular program. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we can say whatever we want on my program. <laughs> oh, okay. But, yeah. But that's why, you know, oh, you didn't hear. Oh, we, I guess we did Unstoppable instead of Frankie Sense. But Frankie Sense is like, you said what? Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's an interesting conversation when you say that. Because now that there was a, there was a university professor in Toronto who didn't want to. Okay, let me get this right. In terms of, of sexual diversity and, and labeling oneself, there are something like 72 labels now that you can call yourself. Yeah, yeah. So if you're not male or female or and you're just non-binary or non-binary or whatever you want to call it, and then there's 72 things from that, it becomes a little confusing because we most of us grow up with are you do you do you, do you, you know, how do you present male or female? Right. And if you're wearing you know, look like a guy, then I might call you he. And if you look like a girl, I might, I will call you she. Mm. And, you know, his students wanted them to call him, call them by whatever they present, not what they presented as, but what they thought they were, which is very confusing because I think when you ask somebody what your sexuality is, that's a little intrusive too, right? Well, and usually when someone asks you your sexuality, it's like the first response should be, well, are you interested? It's like, well, otherwise, why does it matter? But I think that, um, I, I think that one of the, uh, the new issues that has come up because of all this sort of expansiveness is, uh, is that once you do, once you put a label on yourself, it's very hard to change that label. Yeah. And that's a little, that's, that's a hard thing for me to witness because I've seen people it's like you know because you you make you're so young to make these kind of decisions for yourself and I think the issue should be not any kind of a label but it should be like you know you're out there and you don't have to be repressed about anything (laughs) just like explore and expand and you and eventually you'll you'll find yourself your authentic self whatever that might be by living your life, not by labeling it and limiting it. And that, that goes with someone who might say at five, they thought, oh, I'm a gay person at five. I'm always like, well, okay, you know, you're in a world where certainly people will support you, but, but is it that early you want to like put yourself yes, in, you that have category? To put in that category? And then where do you go for there? You know, where, I mean, you broaden your categories, open it up. You know, I mean, I mean, you have to try on a lot of different colors before you figure out who you are in life. Even if you decide it's just about, even hey, in, I've been in a vegan, limitation. I've been a, you know, pescatarian. I've been, you know, yeah, exactly. I, I keep changing. Yeah. So you're like, I've been a redhead. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. But yeah, you keep changing, right? And so, and, and really, does it matter at five what you are? Unless you, yeah, know, I, unless, I, unless never, you really feel like you're a, you know the wrong the the the, the wrong um it's hard enough measure. it's hard yeah. enough yeah. you know i mean that's the thing it, it it gets it only gets harder for you and and it's uh and so you you and you have to you know, one of the things i i talk to parents a lot about is is you know you can't protect your kids from everything because they have to experience these things also and i understand the wanting to protect but then you got to let them figure out and find their way on their own because they're thinking differently than you. You know, you can't read their mind and you can just say, I don't want them to get hurt. But you know something, if they don't get hurt, they don't learn. I mean, yeah. so I'm not talking about and, and maybe they don't get hurt by the same stuff that you feel hurt by. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. So along with this wonderful book, there's a song. Yes. There's a song and, and it's called different. Yes. And I'm going to play it. And, oh, good. And tell us why the song is available and what, the, what, what you're doing with um, the fundraising with the song. Well, I'm not really fundraising for the song. Oh, uh, I thought it was a fundraiser for parents. I thought it was no, 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 giving no, money to no. parents. Oh, this okay. was just, I, I was lucky enough, uh, Amanda McBroom, who wrote the Bette Midler's award-winning song, The Rose, uh, she and one of her writing partners, Michelle Browerman, who did the whole, they, they together do the whole Land of Land Before Time series, animation series and stuff like that. They both read the book and um, Amanda wrote, immediately wrote this lyric and gave it to Michelle. And then she wrote this song for me to sing. And, um, and I really do love it. And I, I just, I, you know, 
I recorded it and released it. Okay, and I hope it comes I, through. I don't know what to do with it. You know, it's like I wish I, I would I'd like it to get a lot more play because I just think the lyrics. I'm sure it's going to be on a movie somewhere. It's it got to be. I love it. I really do love it. Yeah. Especially the lyrics are so interesting. The lyrics are great. Okay, so I'm going to play it, and I okay. hope everybody can hear it. And listen, pay attention to the lyrics, because they're very special. And, of course, your voice is very beautiful. But let's see <laughs> if it plays. A snowflake in each hand Perfect Fine two shells upon the sand Perfect Each of them a wonder Neither quite the same Though they may be similar In form and name Girls play baseball, boys knit hats, different. Some love dogs and some like cats, different. Some are born to stand and sing, some are born to run. All of us are family, sisters and daughters, brothers and sons. Now we share this time and place On a ball that spins through space Underneath the same bright star More than what we think we Spotify and I, I didn't know if you were going to hear it or not but here's the thing I mean the song is so beautiful and the lyrics talk about you know you're different and and all of that but look, um, Ra- when Rafi asked his mom you know is there such a thing as a tom girl yeah. and and she goes Rafi you're our wonderful boy with your own special interest and dad and I are very proud of you and you know I just wonder how many parents would say that or they say you know buck up buckaroo or toughen up or you know you're yeah. a boy. You act more like a boy. And I think it's a it's a different. I think it's a different time. I wonder if that would have happened when I was a kid. You know, when I well, when I won, when I wanted to take dance lessons, and my parents were like, "Well, you know, we can't afford it." That, that was their way of saying, probably, you know, I don't think you should take dance lessons. I don't know. I don't know. Like when my daughter, I remember when my daughter was taking dance, and she took all kinds of dance. They were desperate for boys it was free for boys so yeah. I, said my, I said to my my daughter i said you know what if you put the boys in belly i bet you it's going to be free because they're always looking for boys yeah for partners right i don't know if it was or not but anyway they were really cute when they went it definitely <laughs> you've definitely gotten scholarships or something today absolutely yeah yeah so that that you know it's kind of fun and you know i had twins and i put really? I, yeah i had boy and a girl twins and I just, I had a boy first, but then I want, I did this little experiment, you know, here's a doll, here's the dolls, here's the trucks, here's the whatever, yeah. go play, see what you like. And, you know, they really did. He went for trucks, she went for dolls, but yeah. it could have been the other way. You don't know, right? Who knows? Well, but also just, be- just because the initial response was truck and whatever doesn't mean that later on he might've, he might not have thought, well, I wonder why that's so interesting to her. I mean, you know, it's just, you know, yeah. I mean, I don't think you want to, no one wants to force anything on a kid. 
which yeah. is the problem because they're already, everything is so reinforced just by every day looking at ads on TV and magazines. It's like, you have to fight all of that. Yeah. Uh, but look so at, look at just, Barbie's a doll, but GI yeah. Joe is an action figure. Exactly. Look yeah. the same. They're both dolls. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. He's an action figure. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, it's, 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 it's like the language. It, it crosses, it crosses all those barriers. And one of the great things about this book was that, was that, uh, you know, it's in 11 countries. Yeah. And one of the great things about it is that I hear from people all over. And, uh, and so I heard from How many languages? Uh, eight languages. Eight languages. Wow. So I heard from this, uh, this little girl from Korea sent to my, uh, got my address from my publishers and her mother sent me a drawing that she made oh. that she thought Rafi should be making a different kind of cape, you know, and, uh, or the, so man, the man from Istanbul who wrote me and he said, he said that his, uh, cousin's son is different and he bought the book because he wanted that son to know, especially in Turkey, that different is okay. You know, that everyone is different. So, you know, it's just, so it crosses all cultures. It's just, you know, and and it's just we're inundated by instruments and TV and things that tell us we have to be a certain way and look a certain way and act a certain way. But it's so interesting because, you know, like 40, 50 years ago, men were tailors. They were the tailors. They were the ones who make the suits. Like, why is sewing... A feminine. Yeah, well, I was saying that because I just I just wrote a sequel to Made by Rafi uh, um, called Made by Rafi Cookies, where he makes cookies and teaches a cooking recipe of how to make cookies. Oh. And um, and I was writing to someone about it, and I said, you know, the interesting thing is, of course, that all all the most well known chefs in the world are men. are men. Not that that's a good thing. I'm just saying. So inter- yeah. interesting how. Why is it then if a kid goes in and starts cooking when they're like eight or nine, people look at them like a little funny, like why are you cooking? Yeah. You know? But um, now, now it's kind of okay, right? You got the kids baking shows and you got, it is, you know, something, it is the show that I go to, especially with all the news we have here. <laughs> so, I know, me too. I love it. And you know, I love it, but they're so helpful. They're making cookies sexy, right? And, and yeah. they are helpful. They're, the helpful. Are, they're, they're hopeful and they, one of them, one of them messes up and they go over to help them. I'm like, so this sweet. is what it should be. It's like a competition. They're like, I'll help finish that for you. It's yeah. The, it's the, yeah. The because the competitive spirit isn't, you know, just, I have to win. It's we all yeah. have to win, which yeah. is just amazing. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. So you've made it, you're, you're writing the sequels that finished. Yeah. I wrote, well, yes. I mean, I've written like several books and, uh, since then, and they always, uh, the publishers always wanted me to do sequel. Um, and I sort of wanted to do, I had another book in mind that I thought was more important. So, um, which I hope will get published. Um, Okay. It's called, uh, it's called my face is funny. And it's about, it's about a little girl who goes to school, uh, but she's nervous because her ears stick out. Okay. And then progressively she meets all these other kids who's, who also think their face is funny. So it's all about body image. And, Just and I think that's a really important message. So I, I really love the idea that I can hopefully, you know, help kids not be anxious about their looks and stuff like that. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. Are. I had that conversation. I think, I, I don't know if I had it on air or not, but we were talking about body dysmorphia and about how, you know, you meet a guy, guys always think they're hot. Like I mean, mm-hmm. they, can, they, can, they can be fat. They think I am. Look at me. Right. <laughs> women are always like, they're just never happy. They think they, everything's distorted. So it's interesting, you yeah. know, but, but I guess now they said, no, well, I think women, are insecure. I think because of like all the fashion magazines and stuff like that in the programming. But I, and, and that has changed as well. I mean, I, I have a, I have terrible issues with, with stuff that. So, um, and, and I shouldn't, but I do, um, because of what I grew up with. I mean, it's just, yeah, but you were you know, a model. People, what? You were a model. Well, I photographed well. <laughs> I mean, you know, one of the weirdest things, I mean, it, it is, it's, it's weird. It's like, it's, um, you photograph it. I mean, you, people come when I would be on stage and people would come backstage and look for me. It's like, they couldn't find me. Cause I, I always felt like, well, I look good on stage, but off stage, I guess I must not look so good. Oh I mean, my God. The things that one goes up with, you know, they, they, it's just, you know, you, these, I was, I always wanted to look at my brother. He was the handsomest man. So but what can you do? What can you do? Ismar, my friend Ismar is listening. Yes. The book is available in England. It was actually published in England, right? Yes. Yeah. It's available. Yeah. It was published in England. Yeah. But you can get it on all Amazon and all of that stuff. There you go. I swear you can get it on uh, Amazon UK. It's yeah. beautiful. It's a wonderful book. Yeah. It's yeah. perfect. I, I, I know that, you know, your kids would just adore it. Hi, Adriana. 
the uh, hi, whoever that is. Thank you for writing it and listening. No, but it's interesting because the book brings up so many different conversations. And one of the one of the really interesting things to me was first of all, I've completely forgotten how impactful a children's book can be. But if we think about it, those are the books we started out with remembering and all of that. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. So the uh, but when I started hearing from parents who said after reading the book to their kid, they realized their kid was the bully. That was interesting to me. Ooh. That really wasn't, you know, it didn't occur to me because I was so more focused on the the gender issues and stuff like that. Yeah. So it's interesting that these conversations go all sorts of ways. But I think that the learning is also in, in how the parent responds and because the, the parents are learning how to respond properly right. through yeah. your book, right? Like I you're giving so. them, I, I think you, you gave them a really good model. I, I love so. you. Okay. I love you. That's just, you know, <laughs> yeah. you're not yeah, weird. You're, you're you are your own. Well, when uh, you are your own special person, I mean, that's just hopefully true of everyone that you love. You know, it's like, yeah. you know, whatever that, whatever quirkiness they may have, that's, that makes you special. You know, that's yeah. what I love yeah. about you. That's you know? true. That's true. Wow. So where is, what's the, what's the name of the cooking one? Uh, oh, made by Rafi it's cookie? called Made by Rafi colon cookie, cookies. And that's out now. No, it's not out yet. Oh, it's not out yet. Oh, I thought you said it was out yet. Okay. So when is that going to be published? I don't know. Hopefully hopefully soon. Has Margaret done all the illustrations? working on it. I'm sorry? (laughs) Have they done all the illustrations? It's all done? No, no. Well, it's it's interesting also when you think about what the book is about and they bought the book, um, they immediately said to me, "Um, do you mind if the characters, it happens that Rafi, my godson, is blonde. Yeah. And said, do you mind if we color the hair brown? Because otherwise it won't sell in Asia or South America. And I was like, no, I guess not. But I was thinking, and then when they were selling it to Italy, all the, uh, the people in Italy that wanted the book said, the hair's too long. Can you shorten the hair? And I was thinking, isn't that part of what the book is about? <laughs> the fact that your hair is longer than, but you know, I said, sure, shorten the hair. <laughs> so, you know, so it was funny. It, that it, is funny. Because I knew nothing about, uh, and when they, when they, when they bought the book, they said to me, look, here are, here are four illustrators that we think would do well with this book. This first one is our, is who we think you should use, but if you don't like them, we'll send you more examples. And so I, I'm the first person they sent was Margaret. And I said, absolutely. That's fine. You know I mean? I, yeah. a, I don't know, but I was certainly happy with what, what she was doing. It's delightful. Yeah. It's adorable. Really, really cute. Yeah. And I love the one about, years like that's gonna be amazing i hope i hope that comes out soon yeah you know they're they're a little worried that it will cause anxiety then relieve it but i think i've sent it to a lot of psychiatrists here and and therapists in new york just to sort of get a view and every one of them has said timing could not be better because we just live in this world where where these little girls younger and younger are putting on makeup and they're, and they're looking at themselves and saying, Oh, I should, I should pin my ears back and I should get a nose. And I'm like, and you know, it, it's, I mean, they're so young and to like, and it's just, you know, it, um, the differences are such a wonderful thing. And it's, it's, I mean, it's, it's good to be different in a positive way. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Sam, Sam says, um, in, instead of labeling yourself, you could say at the moment, I feel like I'm, yeah. The moment. Yeah, in this moment, I feel like this. And maybe in another moment, I'll feel differently. So that's, yeah. that's a good way to do it. Thank you, Sam, for that. Um, yeah. I, I don't think it's going to cause anxiety. I think it's only going to cause, bring up a conversation. At the well, it's it's, 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 it's yeah. done in a humorous way. And it's, and it's, yeah, I think that it'll, it'll, uh, it'll help. Also, it helps them just think differently. I mean, I just so, think, I so, want them to think differently. You've got, obviously you've got this affinity for children. I, yeah, I know. It is the, you know, the, it, it is the only thing in my life that I regret is not having children. But, um, so, but, you know, I have many children in my life and, and, uh, I certainly don't have twins ragging at me. So, which <laughs> I, I would probably, actually, I would probably like. <laughs> so, you know, there you go. Well, but, my kids are all grown up. It's grandkids now, but. Oh my God. Yeah. Um. Are they okay. all in Canada too? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Here? Yeah. Everybody's here. My, most of my family's in, the, in, my brothers are in New York and everything, but most of my family's here. Um, okay. So what is going on with you 
not the writing you. Uh, uh, well, I just, I just came, I actually just flew in yesterday from Los Angeles. So I was performing in Los Angeles. Now I'm performing in New York for uh, this Wednesday, tomorrow, tomorrow. So I better learn the show. And, uh, and then uh, next Wednesday. And then I go to London uh, in wow. March. And that's, you know, that's at, at the moment. So, um, and then I have all these other projects that I'm working on. And I'm really, uh, I have a TV show that I'm really, I'm working on that I'm really excited about for kids that I'm, I'm uh, pushing really hard. It was uh, almost bought by ABC. So, Is it a talent show? No, that's the issue. It's not a talent show. Oh, no. okay. It's not a show. I, I, made, I created the show that's not a show where kids are the entertainment. Okay. They're not, they're not the jokes. They're not the entertainment. They, are, um, they have voices. There's not one show on television where uh, tweens and teenagers have a voice. Uh, it's it's all like making fun of them or they're the entertainment. And I, I think that if you just look at in America, the Parkland children, what they went through and all that stuff. And, and also I remember, I mean, I, when I was 11, I staged a strike outside of Pier 1 Imports in St. Louis, Missouri, you know, because they, they tried to block anyone under 16 from coming in without an adult. And I was like, well, how can I buy a present for my parents? If, if were, you, were you the lone, lone pockered out there? I did. I got, I got a whole gang of kids. Oh, did you get kids? We stood outside Pier 1 Imports and um, we funny. were televised. Actually, was like, like, we're televised and then they changed their rule. <laughs> so. I love that because I was a young activist too. I mean, I think it starts young and if you really want to make a difference and I think kids do want to make a difference, they yeah. have good opinions and they have good, they can make good choices and, and they know what's right and wrong. Like they know. And I, want, and I want children, I want kids to be able to um, also that learning curve of like, you know, the idea of you can, you can say, you can hear someone else so that you can say, Oh, you know, I've always thought this way because my parents thought this way. Yeah. Now I'm thinking, well, maybe I don't have to think that way. You know, it's like, I don't want to go against my parents. But then again, it's like, just, you should hear other views and you should hear all sides so you can actually come up with a good, a good It's so perfect because as a coach, when people get into their 30s and 40s and 50s and I'm working with them, it's like, what's your belief system? The belief system is what the parents believed. And they go, have you ever checked in with yourself and asked yourself, do you really believe that? And it's like, uh, no. Okay, well, why don't you go in and check in with yourself and say, do I really believe that? Am I really afraid of this or do I really hate money or, you know, black people or whatever the case might be. And if you go, well, no, well, then you know that your belief system isn't your own and that you can choose a different one. So yes. younger is better. Exactly. <laughs> so exactly. Yeah. But I, because I think, they, and there's such a fear about challenging, even challenging your parents on little things like I'm not going to bed. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but challenging your parents' ideas, what they were, what you were raised with, especially when they're religious and, or when you're yeah. and in America, you know, we're so repressed about so many things. And I'm, I was very blessed that, well, I don't know. I mean, I forced my parents to recognize a lot of things they probably wish I hadn't recognized. But, um, you know, I think that it's, I think it, I was blessed that they were evolved enough, if that's the yeah. word, to yeah. say, you know, something. Everything's a conversation. You have to have the conversation. And then you, you decide what you decide. But if you just walk around thinking, no, this is what, this is what the, the book says, and it's literal, or this is, what the, this is what my parents say, and I really should follow them. They pay the bills. I should, rather than really exploring, but I don't feel that way. I but don't, don't you think in a way, I mean, I just finished writing a legacy book about my dad, his memoir. Oh, how nice. And, you know, I, so, so I guess, I guess my, my point, I, where I was going with it, because he was Jewish and, and he had to leave Nazi, you know, Austria and the Anschluss has happened and, mm-hmm. and he's leaving by himself. He's 13 years old. Instead of getting bar mitzvah, he's walking out of the country, trying to save his family. It's, it's like, he, and I, the, oh my gosh, my thought just went away. Ah! I hate when that happens. Um, but what was I, what were we talking about? Help me here. Cause there was a point to this. About di- being different oh, from your parents and your yeah. And your so as a, as a Jewish child or and as a Jewish parent, I think we we encourage our children to question everything. Question yeah. the book you're reading. Question what the person's telling you. Question every. It's it's a different philosophy in a way because we value education so much. In the in the well in the synagogue when it, yeah. one of the big things about being in the synagogue is when one is. Uh, at the Bima, and I don't know how many of your people who are listening will know the Bima is the altar. I guess we call it the altar. The altar, yeah. Where they have the Torah and they're reading. When they're reading, 
the Torah and they're in Hebrew and there's all this sort of banter. Like they'll be saying, uh, and then someone goes, no, no, it's and it's, a, it's because they're interpreting it different ways because there's never one interpretation. And right. so one of the things that, and maybe this is just me and um, maybe my rabbi wouldn't be thrilled. And I had a very liberal uh, Orthodox rabbi, but what he taught me was that everything is an interpretation that you have to explore. And that's what Judaism does. It, it, what I learned. Uh, was that the whole point is to read the text and explore it and try and see how it fits your life, you know, but you, you make those choices. The, the, the text is just a guideline, you know, and it's not. And of course the biggest problem I feel in the world is none of these books are literal. (laughs) They're not literal. They're just guidelines and you can follow the guidelines as you choose, but you have to sort of see how they fit with you. And if you wear it well, you know, if you wear it in the same way. I mean, that's at least how I felt I was raised. So. Yeah, and, and I, I felt the same way. And so when I look at, at, at Made by Rafi, I look at this book and I think it's just a shift. It's just a shift of perspective, you know, to go from, I, you know, is he wussy or is he a tom girl or is that okay? It's just a shift of perspective, yeah, just yeah. how you're going to view that child and, and say, you know what? Yeah, I, I'm good with that. I, I, you know what? We can do this. Well, it's, and it, the whole Tom girl thing is interesting because it's very interesting. I've yeah. never really heard that before. Yeah. 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 It, it, it was so exciting when he said it to me, but it was, it was, I was, like, <laughs> was nine years old. And I was like, talk about intuitiveness, you know, but, um, but again, it, it, it's a fascinating thing that you think about um, aside from ads and how girls have to grow up with that there's some sort of inherent weakness that we put into the idea of being a girl is just really horrible. And then everyone wonders why misogyny is around. It's like from the beginning, you know, yeah. and but it's, if you look at a Tom girl, okay, she could climb a tree and she can, you know, gets dirty and, and she doesn't always wear dresses. Huh. He's going to grow out of that or she's going to become a firefighter or something. Yeah, crazy. Yeah, like, right. Right. <laughs> Oh, she go on Ninja Warrior on TV. Yeah, she'll be Ninja Warrior. Ah. But, but, okay, now you're a Tom girl. So what does a Tom girl do? I don't think he's going to wear dresses to school. That would be... But now they do. But now they do, yeah. Some do, some do. It's, that's, and that's an interesting problem. I mean, I think that's yeah. it. I would have a problem with that. I, I, I want people to encourage their kids, but I don't want them to... Well, encourage is the wrong word. I want them to support their kids, but I don't want you to encourage, encourage them. But that's another issue. It's like I've often have talked to parents when I'm saying it's interesting that you you say, "Oh, knit at home, that's wonderful." But that, but the minute they leave the house, they start saying, "Well, you don't want to do that in public." It's like, well, so now you're making it a worse message. You know, it's like yeah, yeah. it's like so there's something really wrong with you if you can't do it in public. Yeah, keep all that stuff that perv stuff private. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So. Close the door. Yeah. No, I get it. And well, because your heart just goes, I don't want people to make fun of you. I don't want that for you. Yeah. You know? And yeah. It's, it's just like, I remember, you know, when, when it was gays just became gay. Right. And it was like, would I choose to have everybody hate me? Would I choose this on purpose? Oh, like that's a different, that's a different I'll, I'll cause a, a lot of trouble for you with that conversation. Go. Yeah. You know, but no, I, because I, I'm, I am someone, how do I say this where, where you won't get lambasted by people? I won't get lambasted. <laughs> I am, I don't believe in the word gay. So, and I, I, I don't mean that I did, if you identify yourself that way, I totally yeah. support you and I love that. I, whatever. Yeah. I don't believe there, there's, there's never been any, any, any proof that there's a genetic component to being gay. Okay. And I think that, and also, isn't there something sort of insulting about the idea if we're, above animals in some way that we can't choose to love who we choose to love. I, I just have always felt like that we're such a repressed society. And especially when it comes to sex and sexuality, that you find your experience and you hang on to it and you go towards that. And uh, luckily there are some people who are evolved enough to explore further, but most people don't. I mean, and, and I just find it, um, I, and I also. So you think if everybody was allowed to choose, that they would all be bisexual or more? Well, I think people are either. I think the people are either sexual or not. I think there are a lot of okay. people who are not sexual at with, all. 
I find sad, but I'm not judging them for it. I, you know, it's like, but I, um, and I think, I mean, I think it's interesting if you look, there's a lot of the um, trans community, um, some of them anyway, that I have met who it's never about sexuality. Right. And, no. and also, um, and it's never about sex as much as about I am who I am in a different way. Well, um, gender identity. I mean, it, it is, I feel like. I know a lot of. Uh, I know a lot of trans, not a lot of, but the, uh, the few trans that I know really well um, don't identify as far as I like men or I like women. They're like, I'm a, I'm who I am. Nothing. They don't. There's nothing else. So, um, which I think is, there's. Uh, I, I hope they find them something like that, and I hope if, if they choose to. Not everyone is meant to be partnered. I, that's hard for me because I'm always trying to fix people up. <laughs> 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 you know, the original matchmaker. So, um, but yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a really interesting and hard conversation. And, and because I want people to be free enough and evolved enough to explore all different skins and find out who you are and love who you want. I do think that, you know, when you're young and you make a choice, as I said before, if you make that verbal decision out loud, it's very hard to go back. And I, it's interesting because not too long ago, a friend of mine in London who identifies identified as gay his entire life said to me, um, he ran into a high school friend from Canada and, uh, and she had said, you know, I always fancied you. And he said, you're kidding. And he said, the weird thing was he sort of always fancied her, but he figured he was gay. So what was the point? And I thought, well, how sad is that? Yeah, you, you stopped it. This is someone who's still single and always been single. And yet there was an opportunity, not that he would have partnered with this person forever, but there was an opportunity to explore another side of himself that he didn't, because he made this choice for himself. This yeah, decision. yeah I'm gay, that so it. that's it. I'm and he said, part. I just never thought that a girl would be interested in me because she, they knew that I was gay. You know, so, you know, it's... Doesn't, and girls are always going, damn it, he's gay. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Don't you know that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. That's right. That's funny. <laughs> true, though. It's true. I live in New York. Let me tell you. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what's that. Are you? In, where are you in Toronto? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I have a good friend in Toronto. <laughs> Hi, Gwen. <laughs> I should have told her to listen. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know? <laughs> I know. Uh, well, she's Jewish, and tw- actually, you would know her because her. Her father, I think, was a famous judge in Toronto. Oh, really? In court justice in Toronto. I don't know. I don't. I don't really know very many people here anymore, <laughs> Jewish or not. I don't know any, especially Jewish people. Yeah, I, I kind of, um, I got really mad. I got really angry with with uh, Judaism and the, and the rabbis, and so I, I parted ways. Yeah, yeah. I got it. Yeah, yeah. Mm. <laughs> Too much structure. It wasn't just structure. It was, I, I was, it's, this is your show. It's made by Rafi. But I, I will tell you that, that I, I wanted my son, my, my first husband was Catholic. And so I wanted my son to go to, to uh, Sunday school at the, at the temple. Yeah. And, you know, it, it became a, well, give me your, your taxes and give me your this and you, know, you have to pay this. And I'm like, we don't have any money. I just want you as a community to, to teach him what it means to be Jewish. Like you do that for me, do it for him, do it for his grandfather, who is a you know permanent uh, member of the temple, even though he doesn't live here anymore and, and built it. Like, but they couldn't do that. They couldn't do that without, you know, well, let me let, prove it. Show me your tax records. Sh- prove me how much you can pay or you well, can't pay. Yeah. I'm like, you know yeah. what? Screw you. Yeah, this is not what you're about, right? If this is what you're about, you're the wrong place for my son anyway. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And I talked to three rabbis and I was really upset. But, you know, that's another story. But, but that's, but you talk about the choices and you talk about, you know, community and and where do you want to be? And is it comfortable? Yeah. I mean, it was sure it's comfortable. It's uncomfortable, you know, to, to exclude yourself from a certain community. Yeah, sometimes it is, but that's a choice you make and you choose to be who you want to be. And so another question is, another question is how can we find a way to be, to let people be uncomfortable? There's a reason to be uncomfortable and that's because you're learning something. Right. You know, and then, you know, that's how you find comfort. I mean, I think that the most of what we're talking about here throughout, whether it's made by Rafi and changing all of it, gay things or all of that stuff is all about ignorance. And um, it's all about, and when I mean ignorance, I'm not saying 
Yeah. You don't know, it's what you don't know. I know what you don't know. So yeah. the idea that you're sitting there and you're, and um, people are telling you things that make you uncomfortable, the more you learn about them, the more you see, the more comfortable you get with it. And, you know, you don't have to go along with it, but at least you understand it better. And then, so for Rafi in the book, you know, the whole thing about people like, why is he on a bus and knitting? Like he's a boy and what's he doing? But then, you know, the more he knitted and the more he started creating socks or scarves or whatever, people were like, well, you know, my favorite color is blue. <laughs> Why don't you make something in blue, you know, and make something for me. It's like, but it's really when he made the cape, right? <laughs> when he made the cape yeah. in a play and, and, and the cool guy, the lead and the plays, like, this is great, man. I love yeah. this. Everybody's like, wait a minute. Yeah. You know, you're going to be a designer. Ooh, that, now there's a label for it, right? Exactly. Now yeah, you're yeah. Right. on a comfort level of like, I get it. I get it. Well, yeah. And you know, that's a true story too, by the way, after mm-hmm. giving him the knitting needles and he was, as I said, it took him an hour from Manhattan to Queens to get to his school, sometimes longer. He would knit all the way. And the first thing he did was knit me a scarf. And I am here to tell you the scarf. He did not know how to, he was started to knit it, but he didn't know how to stop knitting. So the scarf, and I still have it is like from, like, go get it. Go get it. Put it on. Let's see it. I, ha- I do have it. I'd have go to get it. Go get it. it. I don't know. I, it would take two yeah. minutes. <laughs> Craig is going to get the scarf. Keep talking. <laughs> I will. He's going to get the scarf. Raffin, I mean, how cool is that? That it's a, a story based on a true boy. And there's mom and dad. See, see, these, these illustrations are just delightful. And there he is on the school bus knitting the scarf. Oh, yeah. You're laughing at him. Okay. Okay, great. Let's see it. Okay, so. I'm excited. I have to find the end of it. <laughs> it went on and on. Yeah. Here's the beginning, right? Oh my gosh. Okay, so. Yeah. And he knit it tubular? No, no, no. It's just it's just because oh. it's folded up. But look how long this is. Wow. <laughs> Let's see it. Just hold it flat for a sec. Let me just There's the end. So this is the very first thing he made. Awesome. Good for him. And he was nine years old. He was nine years old. That's great. God bless him. He asked me if I like green. And so what's he making now? Now is he like a master knitter, sewer, designer? Or does he he's not moved do on to other things, but he does still knit scarves. And um, he started trying to make gloves for people and stuff like that. And he actually tried to, uh, but scarves was still his thing. So he likes scarves. And he made, he had made, a, he made a quilt for his... Uh, grandmother before she passed away oh that's sweet look at that so tell us about your albums you've got uh two major albums i think two cds right and uh so you can go to if you spell my name right which most people don't but if you spell my name right uh craig pomeranz you can go to youtube and i have a channel and i would it's free so sign up for my channel craig pomeranz and you can listen to my cds on there or you can go to cd baby and buy them uh which is also nice uh and there are two of them, and they're, uh, the first one uh, is a, probably a little more bluesy, and then the second one is a little more jazzy. But um, it's great. That there's nothing like being in the studio and recording. It's really- we have a comment for Andrew Porretz. Oh! I saw oh, that Andrew oh. wrote on your thing. Andrew, <laughs> I'm not sure if Andrew was one of my students or we were in school together, but he was a coach. I think he might've been one of my students at, at coaching school, but uh, yeah. So I saw that he had written on you cause he likes to sing. He's a singer too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I actually only met him like uh, last, last year at, a, at an, a, um, an open mic somewhere. That's we hilarious. Yeah. I just, I lost my train of thought. When I was talking about Sorry. No, no, that's all right. What was, what was I talking about? I don't remember. Uh, the CDs. The CDs. Yeah, that you can get them on, on Amazon. and Yeah, CD Baby. And you can go to my YouTube channel and listen to them. Um, and I'm in the midst of uh, either doing a new CD or recording something, I hope, for a PBS. So that will be very exciting. So all the stuff that you do, I know that, that you were like supposed to be like this big hit wunderkin, and, and then you decided to go into voiceovers. Yeah. And doing stuff like that. What do you love to do? What's your most favorite thing? Everything. Uh, I'll tell you what the favorite thing is. No, the thing is, it's so much of it is I'm very lucky. I've been able to make a career out of what I love. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and yet, you know, it's not like I'm a household name anywhere and that's fine because I'm, I have a really nice life. <laughs> I, yeah. I have a wonderful apartment and, and, and I have a really nice life. I think this um, is New York. It looks pretty big. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, 
I should, I'll, I'll, no. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I have a lovely, I, I have a lovely garden and, and nice. stuff. And, and anyway, but I think that, uh, um, the best thing is just doing, of course, working is always wonderful. But what I love, like what about the book is that, because you forget, I don't know if, uh, if when you, you do this so often, like I'm sure you two go through this where you're like, okay, this is working. It's the, but then you, you get that one person who says, you know, I, I cried all through that song. I love that song. Or you get that one note from a little girl in Korea who says, you know, why isn't Rafi making this outfit? <laughs> it's like, and you realize that you come on it. Really, the ultimate thing is knowing that you can touch people and have any kind of a, you know, and, and um, so that makes you, so when, no matter how difficult or, or you know, stressful it gets, when you're actually doing it, you know, it's like you get those moments of real joy where you know, like, the, I, I, I get joy out of the activity of doing it, and I get joy because the audience responds. And uh, I love a live audience, and so I'm, I'm very, very lucky in that way. So were you on, wait, have you been on Broadway? Did you want to be on Broadway? No. no. Um, I, I would, sure. Uh, you know, they, it's a very, we're talking about limitations. It's a very, what? <laughs> I said, hello, Broadway, Craig's ready. Well, no. The thing is, it, like anything else, it's it's a it's a limit. It's a limited arena. Yeah. You know, it's like when I started, I came here with a dance company. I came here with Jose Limon, Modern Dance Company, okay. and then I started singing right away. So then there are people that like even in this industry, they're like, oh well, you're the club singer. So then, well, that doesn't mean that I can't sing anything else. You know, it's right. like, but they you're labeled. Yeah. Well, they have so many people, so they li- they label things, and uh, it's unfortunate because I was raised to believe you have to do all of that. I was raised to believe you have to, and I think of myself as an actor first. I mean, I'm lucky enough. I've never had voice lessons, so I'm lucky enough that my dad had a really pretty voice. But I I, I approach everything as an actor first, and uh, and then. Uh, and I think that's what comes across when I sing. I hope anyway. That's what I try for. So, yeah. So it, that's that's the joy. The joy is the, is there, um, as well as the frustration. Because yeah, I'd like I would like a I would like more visibility. And I'm and you know I'm fine with what I'm getting. So, and I'm striving. <laughs> so we'll see. Striving and thriving. Well, you're you're right. I mean, it is a blessed life to be able to do what you love to do. And yeah. you're never working a day in your life when you're doing what you love, right? Yeah. Yeah. So how many days, how, how, how many, I, I guess probably even weeks are you at home during a year? I'm not good at that because okay. I, that's like math. That's like math, right? Okay. Um, but I, no, but I sing. So basically three times a year, I travel to Los Angeles, Chicago, St. Louis, and London. Okay. And then I live in New York. Okay. And then other times, you know, when someone wants to fly me to sing at a party, which I'm available for. Like <laughs> you know, I'm happy to do that as well. Cruises. <laughs> yeah. Well, I've never done cruises. No? Cruises. Um, because cru- they, uh, they want you to, nowadays they want you to like commit to like six months to two months. Yeah. And mm. I can't, I can't do that. So. Yeah. No, and I love New York. I love New York. So. I love New York too. It's fun. Good for you. Come visit. <laughs> I would love to. Thank well, you. you do. We better, you better come and, and we'll have drinks or dinner or whatever you want to do. And that'll be fun. Sounds I would love good. That. Okay, awesome. I will plan on that, Craig. I'm going to take you off on that. Okay, we are going to leave Facebook. Goodbye, Facebook people. We love you. Bye. Thank you for joining us. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so I have stopped our Facebook, and let me just stop our recording.